What is up, everyone? It is Thursday, 6 o'clock-ish. So you know what time it is. It's Jammers Nine. in the Rough. We're super excited. We have, as always, Cody, the absolute worst Waldron. Mm. We have Josh, just funnel caking around winter. <laughs> we have myself, as always. But this week, we're bringing in a special guest. Most of you probably don't know him. He kind of is low-key. He has an amazing shoe collection. His name is Matthew Watermelone Wirt. <laughs> so what's up, Matt? You want to say hi to hi to the group? Uh, yeah, I just want to say uh, hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. I never thought I'd make it. Um, I'm just really happy to be here. If you're on this podcast, you haven't made it. No, if you're on this podcast, you have made it. See, this is why Cody continues to be the worst. Exactly. This is a status symbol. We have something that most people don't have, and that is amazing guests and a fan base that likes to listen to us ramble. We if made I'm not it. mistaken, this is my is this my third time? Second. I guess the third. Is it the third? Guess, maybe third. Yeah. Like a third. Oh, second yeah. for sure, third maybe. Well, I guess. Second, since we officially kicked off, like Jammers mm-hmm. in the Rough and the new platforms, and went like live on all of the like podcasts, like forming our formats. But mm-hmm. technically, your third when we did our kind of like YouTube web series, I guess. This is the third season, y'all. This is where we get a little bit raunchier, we get forgetful, and we just continue to bring you illicit content. Illicit content. Grab him by the disc. <laughs> Grab him by the disc. Illicit disc golf content. Vagina <laughs> bags and all. Exactly. What happens? Ooh, somebody wrote in. Show everyone your metal voice. I want to see that. What is this? Me. I saw your Cody's child. <laughs> <laughs> My metal voice. Your metal voice. Do the people Dark Ace. That I, that I have this is where you plug uh, Dark Ace discs. <laughs> I I cannot scream. I I have tried and my throat and I just cannot do it. I I'll, I'll sing, I'll play drums, I'll play guitar, whatever. I can't do the metal scream thing. No way. Can't do it. Sorry. I wish uh, I could. Bashful, Matt. Can't. Do I, w- it. I wish I could. Well, let's we talk put you back on the then. show, and you don't give the fans what they want. Exactly. You're not getting on a fourth part for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it comes from below. It comes from below. I'm, I'm, it just sounds like I'm growling, like I'm Shrek and I'm angry. My dog just perked up. Like, what, what was that sound? <laughs> now he's licking his nuts. <laughs> well, I mean, definitely not getting in the dark disc army. So, nope, not anymore. Not anymore. Damn, they're they're going to have to put me out of the group now. This uh, is your one group. chance to get sponsorship by them, and you failed. You let them down. So, oh, man, I I was really hoping to be best friends with Nathan Queen too. I remember I was in an A tier up here, and he was pulling in while we were throwing down like this big, like six hundred foot, like par four. And the second upshot when he was like kind of walking, somebody saw him on our card and threw it, and he was probably like. 150 feet away from the basket on the road, and the guy just sends a laser absolutely to Nathan Queen. He went like 150 long. Nathan had to move. It was like the craziest shot ever, and it was just one of those things like, oh, you know, you saw him, and because you saw him, you just like absolutely pierced your line and just powered up in that split second. 
And so then wow. he had to go like up over there, grab his disc, pitch out from out of bounds, sort of lay up and do the whole kind of, you know, tell between your legs embarrassing thing. Like, that's <laughs> pretty crazy. That's my one Nathan Queen story. That's a good one, though. Not bad. <laughs> hey, look at that. Team Great Lakes. Here, can I get a shout out? Who is this? I just see Facebook user. Um, It's Team Great Lakes. Hashtag Michigan. You guys just had your swing of the tour up there. Things kind of settling down now. So, well, we brought Matt in here because he, if you guys don't know, he's a big time collector in this mania, but he's kind of seen the ebb and flow of the collector market. He's been here before COVID when the market was kind of low and you can get some discs for relatively cheap. But was expensive at the time, right? Like $35 for a claw when nobody wanted claws was kind of hard to pay. But he came in that wave and then he saw the boom, the price hikes, the COVID disc golf era where, you know, that same $35 disc was selling for $300 at a time. And he started to kind of witness the dip and that, you know, that same disc, we're just going to kind of go the history is now like $75 to $150, depending on the stamp and the availability. And with him has come buying and selling. So I thought what better perspective to bring somebody that's seen it all and currently selling some of his collection to fundraise a trip to Mexico. Like, I'd like to hear from him what his kind of thoughts were on that. Oh, man. <clears throat> so... Selling for me is really weird. I don't, I don't sell discs, and I, I usually just kind of tell people straight up, no. There's a, a few people that I'll do trades with if I'm really looking for something. <laughs> Page, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I hardly ever sell, especially things in my collection that I've, I've been holding, like those, those FD twos. Yeah, I mean that, that's coming my way soon once we that's figure it out. This mm. in the bag, in the bag. <laughs> yeah, that that'll be fun to add to the collection. But um, yeah, I mean, re I, I just posted some uh, a luster FD. I've been holding on to that for. I've, I've had that disc for four years. I've had the first run FD twos. You remember? Do you remember? I I lost mine at a uh, daylight. Yeah, day Never got it back. Yep, off the cliff. Well, yeah, it was off the cliff. Like, who's going to go down there and find <laughs> it? <laughs> like, it's probably still sitting there underneath the fern, yeah. buried 200 feet off a cliff. <laughs> Gone forever, Aaron Hernandez. But, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, but I, I bought those off the when they dropped from, uh, I think I got them from Derek. Hmm. Derek Fell. It was either him hashtag or. Birdie disc or golf. Yeah, hashtag Brady. Uh, it was either him or Havinga. It was either one of the two. That's who I was primarily buying through back then. But um, the COVID boom was also really weird. Um, you know, the price claws went insane. Well, claws, Iron Samurais, like, I legit remember, Iron like, Iron Samurais weren't, like, really that desirable outside of, like, you know, $20, $25, get your money back and move them on. And, I mm -hmm. mean, Lone Hell 1s. I remember going to my store. There was like for a year and a half, Lone Hell One sat there as a Dude. stack underneath everything collecting does, like literally next to the Roman Thunder Twos, and they wouldn't yep. sell out at yeah, all. Stimulus Craig, checks. Craig, remember Craig that? Eagle. Remember when stimulus oh. checks dropped and people went bonkers? 
ball. You could. It was wild. <laughs> Dude, the Iron Samurai ones and uh, Crowned Eagles were sitting at my local Play It Again Sports for months, months and months and months. In fact, I think it was. I don't remember what year it released, but it was either. I think it was 2019. Those came out, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. 2018 or 2019. Um, that was one of the discs that I first did. It was like the second um, gift exchange, the Christmas gift exchange on the Discmania page. Mm -hmm. um, and I was worried. I was messaging Castro back and forth. I was like, dude, I don't know if this is enough value. And it was like $30 value. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a crowned eagle with like a hollow. <laughs> or It was a really fun stamp too. And I'm like, I don't know if I can make the value. And now they're, I mean, are they still around 100 bucks for crowned eagles? Well, it seems like Crown Eagles are kind of overtaking Iron Samurai like for prices yeah. like lately. Are That's they, are they higher? Hard. Yeah. Wow. That's my least favorite thrower, Glow Ender. Oh, <laughs> Crown Eagle least. is my least favorite thrower. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But does anyone have a Cloudbreaker on hand? By the way, you just reminded me something. I got to ask Manny. New one? Yeah. So look at the stamp and tell me that's not a crowned eagle. Like you just turn it from sideways to frontwards, and nobody's talking yeah. about this, right? It's a straight crowned eagle. Like I thought it was like badass. Like it's kind of that evolution. Everybody was like dying for crowned eagle too, and I'm pretty sure. Like if we can go back, I need to go back and look to verify this. But when we had Manny on as a guest in Jammers in the Rough, and he had some of the crowned eagle concept art, I think there were some similarities in some of that concept art with this one. I was kind of excited about. Yeah, I mean, they brought the clouds back from the one. Yeah. Obviously. The straight lines from the two. I think people like this stamp a lot better than the Cloudbreaker 3. Oh, yeah, I think that's a consensus for sure. Well, I mean, badass. did you guys notice on the Cloudbreaker 3 that the stamp's diameter was much smaller? Yep. Look how small it is on the disc. It's weird. Well, I Does think if we had a reasonable stamp process at the time... You think that's what it was? I think so. Like, I think they're still trying, was trying to get a feel for it. Because if you notice, too, like, even, like, the lore die. Is this the lore? Yeah, like, the lore die was a little bit smaller than you could, you would imagine. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, okay. And that's, like, to me, like, a little bit similar to, like, you can just kind of see. Is that the exactly. die or the stamp? That's a stamp that they did mm -hmm. for The lore? Them. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I think they're, like, either, like, figuring out with, like, the in-between, like, the mini stamps and the full-size stamps. But... That's to me like these are the same exact size, so like I, that has to be like whatever they're getting their stamps made on. That has to be like maybe it's affordability. They can actually get it because um, I know Cloudbreaker Three was rushed and it was still delayed after delayed. So that's all speculation. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll get in. I'll get into that more later uh, about the Cloudbreaker. But uh, while while it was on my mind, I wanted to talk about when we were talking about the boom. Um, like I said, I don't really sell much, but I had a pair, and I'm sure you remember this. And for whatever the oh, I remember who bought it now. Never mind. Sorry, I'm thinking out loud. Um, I had two flag stamp 5503s, twins, and I wasn't. I was gonna hold on to them forever, and then I was like, uh, I'm gonna buy an Octothorpe, and so I sold the pair on the bin page for 600. Mm -hmm. In the in the height for the, I was like okay cool, I just saw a pair sell for four hundred so I mean we can tell how the market has been affected. The same exact pair 
9.5 out of 10 is brand new, 600 to 400 in two years. I'm not, compl I'm not complaining because I don't really sell much and it's been really hard for me to buy a lot in the last two years. But I think that's primarily what shifted my focus away from Discmania and into other brands like Infinite and uh, Castaplast, I think are the main two that I'm throwing. Tomb Gang. I haven't thrown the new ones yet. But, uh, you know. I think they have a little bit of a dome. Nah, there's a lot of like, I mean, I think there's a lot of pushback on that though. I've heard a lot about flat ones coming out. I have heard there have been some flat ones, so I think I got some come from Zach. Well, yeah. actually, they're up in a box. You guys want to take the Cloudbreaker? <laughs> the new Cloudbreaker is arrive. It's not arrive. Arrive is 13 speed. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> they are identical. No, my name's Paige, and numbers always dictate a disc's characteristics. Yeah, don't you know me? I enjoy numbers so much. Like I'm Lead on them heavily. Everything is the freaking same. No, that's orange and one's purple. Come on now. So I played. Look uh, at that. I played a club. Uh, no one weekly tournament this week, and my partner Sean, Sean Old Ryan, he's in the lounge. He compared the two. He threw them. And they were pretty damn identical on flight. That is not a 13 speed disc. No, I the, think somebody like ride. you have a buddy who actually looks at the measurements and it's more closer to like a 12 speed measurement. I think they just marked it as 13 speed. I will say though, this plastic feels incredible, but, but I've thrown it three times and I have a gouge out of the rim already. That's what I was going to say. Like the moment they came out with like the Royal plastic, like my frustration was the reasons why like people that I knew that threw rives and graces in the Royal plastic, they don't hold up as long as like, you know, a traditional like blend would. And they, they beat in like really quick. Is that a first run or one of the first, this plastic, this Doc. Royal, like the one I have bagged for a while. It's, it can take a beating. The plastic feels way different than this. That's yeah. what I was going to say. I've been bagging this for six months at least. And I throw it at least a minimum once around. I've thrown this disc twice and it ha I have a chunk out of the, the rim already. Right. I mean, Matt, it's does really yours hard to pick feel, up on camera. But. Does this one feel like traditional? This almost feels like star to me. It's got that tackiness and it feels yep. durable where mm -hmm. this. I mean, even the new the new Rive, I would say the same thing. It's like, just feels way different. It feels good, but I don't know about durability. Cloudbreaker, the flight plate, you can just feel is a lot softer. My my grace is stiffer, at least yeah. in like forgiveness as far as, you know, pushing it down on the dome. But I don't know. I'm the flight That's what I mean. Okay. Like, I feel like this new plastic just beats in super quick. And, like, yeah, there's the first runs, but I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the big push of, like, the the rave or the rives. I keep wanting to say rave. The rives and the graces and even, like, the trusts, like, that new, like, because there's a difference of the first run trusts and, like, the new, like, plastic trusts, you know? And so it's just. This one is that traditional. It's got that, like, the first run grace, the first run yeah. trust. It's got that. It feels durable. I haven't thrown it much, but it feels like old school star durable plastic where this new stuff, I haven't thrown it, so I don't know, but it just doesn't feel like that. Yeah. No, I'm curious <laughs> about the Cloudbreakers. To be honest, like they already kind of rip holding the line right now for me. And I'm excited about like if they beat in a little bit to try to get those kind of like turns out of them. But they, I mean, the flight identical to the C line, 
in my opinion. I didn't really notice. I didn't notice any differences in flight. I mean, you have a much bigger arm. I can't even compare anything. Well, I was thinking more like Cloudbreaker 2 was all my, like what I was thinking about. If you were to kind of go back into the annals of uh, DD3s, then looking at like the Cloudbreaker 2 being that kind of like starts off a little bit beef, but then beats into be like a little bit flippy, almost like. This is a freaking laser beam workhorse. I can put it on any line and it pretty much holds it now, but this is the Blizzard max weight. Mm -hmm. These are the only ones I throw and I have about four three or four backups of just this run for when this one becomes two beat. But I've, this thing's been in the bag since they dropped the day yeah. they dropped. And I love it. It'll yeah. still, if I put it on Anheuser, I can push it way out and it'll still force its way back. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, as much as it used to be, but it, it still wants to fight. It still wants to be a DD three. Unlike the echo. <laughs> Echoes are DD threes. That's just the whole thing. Echo is, I don't know. You can say it's a DD3 all you want. When I first got the Enigma page. What? This one? It's like in between. Oh, the color gloves? Buy it now. Buy it now. Send it to me, Josh. Mm, Put that sponsorship to work. (laughs) Matt, what do you think about the uh, Vapor Enigmas? Because they've been flippy too. I never threw the Vapor Enigma. And the only reason why is because at the time I was bagging the Echo DD3s. And then the only reason I'm not bagging the Echo DD3s is because the Metal Flake Pharaoh, Metal Flake Color Glow Pharaoh took its place. It does just the same job for 25, 30 bucks max. Well, but... since you brought up Vapor Enigma, like terrible disc. And I think it gets all of the hype for like being the Enigma. But Vapor nobody talks or about like. Mold is bad, you're saying. Oh, I, I think the mold is like a great mold. I just don't think vapor is as good as like people like make it, especially okay. when you look at like the Forge Enigma. Nobody talks about the Forge plastic because there's the only like the method the that came out with it, the on. Shadow Titan, and that the Shadow, yeah, and then like the Enigma, yeah, and somewhere. that's something that I really want to see again is like them exploring their Forge plastic and bringing out some of these molds in it. Uh, the instant came out in the Christmas box, yeah. But, like no, you, you can buy them now new for seventeen dollars. Yeah. And I think it's a great run of instinct. Is this a comfortable plastic? I really enjoy just, it. Well, just like the uh, Royal Rage Two, you can buy those new now for like fifteen bucks. You can't sell them. Yeah. I, and I bagged one for a little bit. I thought it flew well. It was kind of like a T bird. There's, I think that the vapor like burst plastic or whatever like just breaks in so quick. Like Royal Rage Twos become so flippy so quick. And that's why I don't like the the enigmas in that plastic because this is your go to driver where you don't want to build like consistency. But you know, I'm also yeah. like this is my driver where it's like it's nice and pop top, it's stiff, like you can see like, yeah. but like so this takes a beating. I I put a lot of work behind these things. The the forge plastic is the most slept on evolution plastic. I think, I think. so, especially when you start yeah, to look mean- at drivers. They haven't done like a big massive run of it, I guess, but I love this driver. I just, I had too much overlap in the bag with my DD3s that I enjoyed throwing a little bit more, but I never had a problem. I, there was zero complaints about uh, the so Forge that's Enigma. Actually, like we had one orange. of the questions on our docket about that. When you have overlap like that, how did you decide on your Cloudbreaker 2 over your Enigma? Because clearly it's not a price point and it's not an availability point because you know, you could be able to find, especially with your collection, find people with the, like the Forge Enigmas for trade. Um, 
Like, what, why did you decide on one or the other? It, it was confidence for me. It was just, you know, they they could have flown identical, but if I'm on the T-pad and I'm thinking, oh, this is my cloud breaker two hole and that's the disc I want to pull out, that's, you know, mentally that's where I want to be on the T-pad, not second-guessing myself. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. No, I mean, that's a great, that's kind of like, like just one of our questions. So what about you, Cody? What do you start to look for? Well, um, mine is confidence would be one of them. Yeah, Availability and price point. That's huge for me. I'm sorry. Like I bag almost all stock discs. Pro- my most expensive disc I bag is probably that tomb. And I got that one. It was cheap. So mm-hmm. um, if I can get easy replacements, like I guess this, the only tour series I throw is a Zen, but. I like that because it's a little more overstable than my other essence. But yeah, I don't bag. I, I want something that feels good in the hand. I want to feel the plastic. I want to enjoy it. Thanks, Zach. I like softer plastic too. Uh, I know like Paige was just talking about that destroyer being real firm, but I want something soft. Like I like Z Flex plastic. I like soft lens for judges. But availability, availability, price point. Can I replace it? Like someone was like, hey, throw a glow, a glow CD2. Heck no. If I have to spend $130 to replace it, I will find something that flies similar for uh, a fifth of the price. Mm-hmm. It's just not worth it to me. Uh, that's why I don't ink disc either. If I lose it, eh, whatever. Stock run. I'll buy another one. Ink's the devil. Ink is the I'll devil. Ink. Well, Josh, do you have anything to contribute yeah, I mean, to that outside of those two things? Um, yeah, I mean, other than those two, it's I tend to uh, grow what's working. I like to try out new discs all the time, and like as I work on my 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 run up and my pull through and not rounding, I start to get improved on certain aspects of my game, which then makes the disc I throw all the time start flying a little bit differently. And so when I'm trying a new disc, it's like, all right, well where I'm at right now in the game, this disc is flying better for me in that slot. And so no disc is immune to my bag to be kicked out except for a handful yeah well and I, I agree with you like i don't have anything immune in my bag and i think case in point in that is if you were to ask me a year ago like will the nice strike one ever come out of my bag i would say no and now i'm not bagging it um and for the last three years if you were to ask me would the claw ever come out i would say no and now it's not in my bag um so for me it's always like like you said like always listening to like how my body is like adjusting to throwing and for me like I think it's important that you're paying attention to the growth that's taking place within not only your bag, but on the course. A lot of times I feel like we limit our growth by not exploring new molds because we go with what's familiar and we get comfortable with that to where it's like you go to the same course, you throw the same shot, you birdie it like you have the last 10 times or you get par like the last 10 times and it gets like repetitive and mundane to me. And, you know, you start to kind of just lean on that expecting it. But with me, where I travel so much for disc golf and I play so many different courses like all over the nation, like I realized I can't have that stock recycled shot. I need to be able to control and recreate like certain shots. Like this last weekend, I played high elevation Mount Bachelor. I put a Comet in my bag and I've never thrown a Comet and it handled all of my torque in that high elevation like a champ. And then I put in my second run CD2 from like a year and a half ago, and it was flying like I remembered, even though now it's so flippy, I can't throw it. 
And so like being able to kind of listen to that and make those adjustments in real time, for me, is how I start to kind of decide on my bag. And I'm always trying something. If you were to look at my bag right now, and this is why I like the Ridge Rollers, because I have so much room, there's like a core, like 15 discs that are my go-tos, and I'm probably going to lean on most tournaments. And then there's like another 10 discs that I'm alternating and trying in. So now you'll see like I have probably six drivers in there, like distance drivers, but I only really use my one destroyer, but I'll have two color glow DD3s in there because I really like them beforehand and I'm trying to beat them in and see how they start to fly again. I'll have two. I just put them in like cloud breakers because I want those reps. Like the reason I have two is because when I get to the T pad, I'm going to throw those shots twice, you know, and see if I can recreate it, see how it feels and start to add them to my bag. So for me, that's kind of how I start to explore it. But it's like, for me, like, I get power-ups all the time. Like I took like three days off and I met up with a friend and I was like, what do I do when all my discs are flying 50 feet further than I remember? And they're now like laser straight. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm fresh. I'm energized. Like I'm not playing every day. So I took the rest I needed and now everything's powered up. Um, And so like, if that's happening in a very real time fashion, watching that growth take place while you're playing and allowing that to take place, I think is important as well of being like, well, Cloudbreaker 2 kind of works and repetitively, but how can I complement that? And how can I start to like find that replacement? Because eventually you're going to get enough to where you can throw anything. Ideally. I don't think I'm there quite yet, but I mean, we still all have our favorites and comfortability. (gasps) Talk about the inherent nature of disc golfers to want to try all the plastic. Because I had somebody ask why I had so many discs, and I was like, I want to try all of them. And some I of them I only throw one time, but I want – there's so many discs out there. I want to know, does one click with me better than the other? Are you guys the same way? Because I, oh, I just want to try it the same way. I, like, I'm I, like, oh, I don't know what that disc is. Y'all buy it now. And then I'm like, throw it. I'm like, yeah, I don't like it. Back on the shelf, you go. Well, like for me, like it's been this whole like repetitive cycle of let me try something new that just came out, like the bear. I tried it to new, and – instantly made the bag and it's one of my favorite discs that has crazy glide and it's because that continues to happen that i need to try all of this new plastic because it happens more often than not and then i sit on a pile of discs of being like you know what i'm not going to throw a glow envy because it didn't make the bag but i had to try it you know and so like it's just like the ebb and flow of things like i don't know i'm definitely somebody that has to try everything I want to try a bear, so it's new and shiny. You gotta try it. Yeah. Disc golf executives are just like licking their chops, thinking about this. Like, mm. put out something new. All these disc golfers are gonna buy it, right? And you got people that gotta catch them all. <laughs> That's there. You go, Pokemon. Right. And I think disc golf is one of those, especially like this little disc golf black market that we all find ourselves in, like it's so easy to get your money back. So the risk of trying something isn't necessarily like there worst case, you take a five or $10 hit on a stock disc and usually you can sell it for 15, 76 or $10, like just to get rid of it. Or you can take it into your local store and get $5 for it. Like you're not ever going to be stuck with such like a large bill that you're not going to get out from under even the guys that got like, you know, bought 500 firebirds to try to flip in time they can move all of those and make their money back if they're willing to be patient so i feel like there's nothing really like that rewards you or like lack thereof punishes you as much as like 
you know, disc golf allows like for these things to happen and take place because there's always going to be like people wanting to buy. I don't know, yeah, man. Right. Tell tell that to my 2021 Coling Thunderbirds that are sitting in a crate over here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're worth less than what I paid for them. Well, I mean, probably, probably in a five to ten years, it's like you can still yeah. pre-flight number DX crap. You can still sell for more than you paid. So it might you might break even, but you just have to hold on to it for five years. I I, I would yeah, five more years. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be happy to break even. I only I only bought us like five or something of them. Paige got one of them. I raffled some off. I think I only have two left. But but, but still, like that's like choosing the, I think, the wrong pro because like you know like a lot of those like Barsby, Evelina, like Innova stuff that are kind of like not main aren't going to like be reselling you know very often because it's also Innova. Like, Innova have a hard time, like, breaking into, like, the collector market because, one, like, they're a bunch of old heads, and, two, they want their very particular discs. Um, and it's so, like, different than, like, other companies. Like, I can be, like, you know, like, I got these Heimbergs, and I don't think they're ever going to flip more than, like, what their, like, stock price was, even in, like, two or three years. But, like, I just love this run in general, but... Yeah, people that buy like 500 at a time and they're willing to sit on them if they're going to be collectible. And then you look at the the pro in which you back, like Jeremy Calling, I don't think is ever like, like I said, I don't think he's going to break into the top five, like probably ever again in his career. I've been on record for saying that. But also, like, I know he did, but I'm still riding with it. <laughs> but like, if, unless he's doing something in real time, there's a reason why like Eagle wins, and then all of a sudden you see all of Eagle discs pop up because that hype and that excitement get behind it, and people buy it out. Since we're talking about the collector market, I do love when they're like, when Eagle wins, they'd be like, in memoration and to commemorate to commemorate Eagle's win. It's like, no, dude, you just want to make some money off the disc, man. Hey, in to honor of Eagle his win, winning, here's a breaker, I have these up dollars. Yeah, here's some. I'm here's going some to scout Simon Lazat tilt. Sky got fours. Get them while you can. Oh, restock with a uh, misprint stamp. Oh, was it? Has anyone thrown those? Has anyone thrown those Sky got fours? They're, yeah, I back one. They're, they're, they're you do? So sta- they're so stable. I love the stability in them. Yeah, they but bomb so and they glide. Pass. It is like I've never felt a disc that felt that deep. It is mm-hmm. ridiculous. Spot it doesn't on, look dude. that deep. Like here's a normal P2, the one I got from Josh, I still bag. And I feel like the Sky God 4 is like another inch higher than this one. Have yeah. have you guys thrown the glow shoguns? I have. No. Those I'm, are deep. I'm I'm convinced that the Sky God 4 is deeper than that disc, and that thing is a cereal bowl. Yeah. It's like a I'll, dart. I like the Sky God 4s. I think they're great discs. They're definitely beefy, but for me, that means they can handle all of my torque and always come back. Like I said, like if you guys play Blue Lake, watch hole four, little 300-foot dead straight shot, but they have a slope like right to left, and I'm like 75% birdie rate with the Sky Guard 4 on that, and I'm not going to take it out. <laughs> it, it, it's just so deep, man. That's where the tomb fits into my game, personally. Yeah, this go too like tombs go too far. Like they're just they're mid ranges, but in putter form, and I don't need my putters to go that far. <laughs> I was just yeah. telling someone that your tomb will go as far as most of your mid ranges. Yeah, and I like 
It defeats the purpose of being a putter at that point. <laughs> uh, have you ever putted with a D? I kind of want to try a D blend tomb to putt with because I like a shallow putter. But I would like a softer. Like I feel like the D blend is not very soft. They have maybe the like the I blend. I know John Wilson in here. So a little shout out to like John. He, he puts with uh, tombs. But I blend like I want to find a soft D blend. I even We're not here Pepper, to talk about infinite disc because nobody cares about infinite disc. We're talking <laughs> about real plastic. Did you get any? <laughs> did you get any of the glow? The glow D blend. Yeah, I got. I got one. How are they? Are they soft or? No, nah, they feel pretty similar, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'll probably try out tombs again. They're just, I think, overhyped right now. It's really weird. Like infinite starting to like, huh? You're overhyped. I am overhyped. I really am. I mean, it it was the same thing with pretty much every disc mania release for the past two years. Yeah. You know, it's the same, it's the same thing, you know, we just haven't been able to get it. And, you know, thanks to Innova and their absolutely shitty production times, uh, the prices go up while we don't get restocked. So I don't think I've ever paid more than $30 for a tomb. I, nice. th- I stocked mm. up. In fact, I sent Kyle Christopherson um, one of my concretes mm-hmm. with a li- with a little stamp on it. You know, I That's think I, I sent Kyle like, like two or three. Well, how many? Yeah, the little coffin. I don't remember. I, I have thirty. Part of a trade. I forget. You have thirty. Thirty tombs. Yeah. Get it. Well, well, the a bunch of different blends, right? Um. Yeah. Probably premium blends. I have like. 18, 20. Do you have a blue metal flake glow? With a team Mommy? stamp on it. Yeah, I want I want something I can throw, though. Oh, it's a thrower. Is it? Oh, okay. I'll talk to you after. Well, and also, did you get any of the blue ones from the drop yesterday, blue? No, I didn't. I'm trying not to spend any money because of my brother's bachelor party, and that's the only reason I've been selling discs. So I'm not gotcha. jumping on any I of gotcha. these releases. He's going to Mexico for the donkey show. He's going to be in the donkey show. He needs money. I am the donkey. <laughs> Can you even finish that Ooh. sentence? Could you? We're it's the ears. Later, it's man. the ears. You got three holes. Glow. I got gotcha. you. Okay. I just need I, I, I need a backup throw. I, I doled out all of my backups before the price hike, and I haven't felt like I needed to go in. But this one's uninked. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in on the Waldron policy. That if anybody finds it, you know they they get to pass it on and and use it. Yeah, that's the the pay it forward philosophy. <laughs> I also right, like when I try new discs out, so I tried one of those Halo Beasts out, and I kind of just lost it. I was like, you know what? I didn't want to put my name on that one. So whoever can find it will get it. <laughs> Somebody was trying to offer me. Did they just do a recent run of Halo Firebirds that are like yeah. hot shit? or something is everybody like losing their mind over him or something I, no because it sold out so slow like well, it and they like, dropped another one the day after yeah <laughs> and so i don't think All everyone right. like i think people are trying to hype them but with Haley king not really doing much and that like they're being the like the you know it's their halo disc also like i think innova's getting tapped out on halo you start to see some innova people even infinite like infinite posted like the halo and you see some salty people like not halo not halo like the market's so saturated with halo now 
Um, even oh, like Scorpius, yeah. Halo Scorpius are out. Like, yep. Well, they went are... from like three molds that didn't get produced for months. Yeah. To they came out with like 11 molds in under a month and a half. Yeah. Like Beast, Boss, Makos, and freaking Mambas. Like, yeah. I don't even know people want. Still want the Boss. Yeah. Have you tried the Mamba Halo yet? I, I haven't, no. I'm curious how it flies. Because it's, so it's got to be more stable, right? It yeah. got to be more stable. I think it's probably a bomber. If you're like, negative. Uh, not four, always right? because the Orbit Rivers. That's Orbit. We're talking Halo. I know, but Orbit is the same. It's. No, it's not the same. Orbit no. is star on no. star, whereas no. Halo is star Orbit on is champion. It's flippier. The orbit usually the orbit makes stuff, but I'm saying sometimes with when they mess with those molds, it will make it less stable. So I kind of want to try more. Innova is pretty consistent on making their halos more overstable. Did you just say Innova is consistent in the same sentence? Have you thrown <laughs> Innova before, man? Come on. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. You know what? I'm I'm just gonna mute myself. I'm in timeout. <laughs> no, I was taking him from the screen. Always with no. the terrible takes. We'll take him out. <laughs> He's gone. Oh! Oh. <laughs> Halo bosses, like I threw a Halo boss, and it wasn't as beefy as I was expecting. But damn, is that big rim skip? <laughs> like those things, just like boom, whoo, like seventy-five feet right, like on a forehand. I was surprised at how many skip shots. Like I think, like utility skip is what it's definitely for. <laughs> Those bosses were fun to throw. I haven't thrown any recent runs, but it was probably one of my first seven or eight discs that I ever threw back in 2010. Did you and buy the discs? No, 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 no. There was a in in the town where the the big disc golf course was. There was a uh, a bicycle shop that started carrying discs, and that's when like all the the AJ destroyers were coming out and um, they were still doing fly dives on sea lime. Yeah. So. See, I, this was like literally the halo boss was the first boss I actually ever threw. Um, I was surprised. I mean, they're a little bit straighter than I thought they were going to be with how much beef was in there, but the flare caught me off guard. And then funny enough, my first disc that I ever bought was an Invictus. And that was like it's <laughs> stupid B. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Is an Invictus a a thirteen? Like, no, it's, it's like, like a, a ten speed. It's like a PD. I'll say it's oh, Innova's okay. PD. It's like a little bit beefier than a PD. Yeah. Ten four. Wasn't that Ricky's disc for a little bit? Yeah. Ricky, Ricky like a, bombed them. And then yeah. Left. Then left. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I've been thrown a lot of uh, Innova discs. Well, good. You're thought space athletics. Well, now, you get the molds nobody heard of with the badass stamps. I haven't what? thrown Halo. That is probably the beefiest disc you're throwing in a while. Yeah, I wouldn't. That that one's beefy. If you're looking for flippy Halo destroyers, like get the black and pink or the blue and pink rim. They're the flippiest Halo ones. And by flippiest, I mean they're still beef, but you can get turn out of them, and they'll start to hold the lines. These you mean things, you you get turned out of them? No, and it'll you, come you, hard I, I gave it to a fifteen-year-old whose heaviest disc is one sixty-eight, <laughs> but everything else is like one fifty, and he put this to like four hundred easy, like with that control. They're great discs. Interesting. I haven't thrown a destroyer in so long. Yeah, the, that's a our, weird. He was thing. on our show, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Was, that's what I was going to say. He was a guest. Yeah. yeah. That kid's fantastic. Okay. 
I might have to try out that. He's in Idaho right now at an A tier. 15 year old A tier. All right. Yeah. He's, I mean, he turned down like $280 like in cash for MPO so that he can play juniors next year, like junior worlds. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Priorities, priorities. Did did you watch the uh, the coverage for Masters Cup this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you did you see Andrew Miranda's harp throwing yeah. over the trees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's local to me. Okay. And uh, he's he's been playing for a long time, and I've just I've watched like the evolution of him from little kid to what he's probably now sixteen, seventeen. I would imagine. Yeah. Dude, that that guy's gonna be a force. He's he's on team. Uh, he's on dynamic discs team. There's like a whole force coming. Like, there's like Carter Ahern's like up in Washington, who's like the like the third youngest ever to hit thousand rated, and he's on absolute like shred fest. Wow. And he's like 15, 16. But yeah, it's just I mean, it's cool to see like we're starting to see this emergence of like the next wave of what they're going to look like. I mean, obviously I think being led by like Gannon Burr, Culver Dolan, and you're starting to kind of see like disc golf is a viable career option. And what is this going to lead to and how is it going to start to look like in like five to 10 years? And, you know, like, as I think one of the things that make uh, disc golf so accessible is you can see a clear path from start to professional even if you never get there there's that path that exists right like let me try to get 900 950 thousand rated hey the pro tour is coming to town let me try to play in the pro tour let me at least go to the courses while they're gone and let me play these pro tour courses and see the difference of how i shoot and what the pros are shooting but there's this clear like path that you can kind of start to navigate which makes it like popular but then you get this point to where like i think nate sexton was like famously said like no one under 25 is ever going to win like a major again or whatever pro tour, like this was like last year or whatever. But like you see that and you're like, oh yeah, like it's becoming a reality. Is this going to create like a growth or is it going to create more of a divide of being like, oh yeah, like the 30, 40 year old isn't going to just play disc golf for the first time and fall in love with it. It's going to be like, whoop, I missed my window. Let me kind of go back to ping pong or bowling or whatever. (laughs) That's terrible. Go back to ping pong or bullying or whatever you do. What, per, personal experience. Mind that? Personal what experience. I've played ping pong pretty competitively. I've played bowling pretty competitively. Ping pong competitively? Yeah. We had some local <laughs> leagues for ping pong. You got, like, some, you got some custom paddle? <laughs> I had oh, a, the life of Paige. Paige has lived college, like three lives already. I took <laughs> a ping pong like course it. in college. I bought like an eighty dollar racket. Mm, mm-hmm. That paddle was legit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna pick a ball. We never, we never see the left side of Paige's room. I bet he's got a collection of table tennis rackets over there. And he, does a, <laughs> he does a separate community table tennis lounge. Drama podcast. free. Drama right? free table tennis. Drama, drama free table tennis. tennis. <laughs> Community table tennis club or lounge. You know what? I join it. I bet you that'd be a pretty cool time. I actually hustle ping pong balls. They're actually highly collectible. I mean, tell me, how many stars were you using? How many stars was I using? Yeah. Don't worry about it. 
three star tell me you're a three star man because if you use one star you're just a chump <laughs> anyways we're talking discs not table tennis all combined change the subject he's a one star I will exactly. I will say, yeah, he's a one star. Did you guys see the video that Gannon Burr came out with? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I love that he's poking fun at himself, like sitting there bagging, and then just mm. like that's. I think disc golf needs that right now. Have a little fun, poke poke it at yourself. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, and that kid's what eighteen, nineteen, seventeen. Yeah, I'll say he. he, That's very mature for his age to have fun and be able to do that to yourself. So. Well, I think that's what, like, disc golf has been missing, not for a while. Like, I will say, like, I know we, like, I give Brody a hard time, but when Brody first came down to the scene, it was fun watching him, like, get out there learning, having fun with Simon, having fun with Paul. Like, just that level of, like, light, like, lack of competition, just fun. I think that's what makes Simon so popular is that he's out there having a blast, and people love to see that side of things, and I do miss Mm -hmm. that, like. Sometimes it just gets stale seeing like the same like competitive like side of things of being like, well, where's the fun? Where's the fun? Like this is still like a game that we all love and cherish and have. And you still day. and you don't like Brody? I I don't like Brody. We don't need to go in that right now. <laughs> he's, he, I think he's like the first person in the last two years to have brought that fun side out via social media. Yeah, like at start, and then it kind of just got. Well, yeah, like, now. But I mean, like that's what I'm talking start, about. Like I think now, he started the the movement. That's literally what I said. Like I really enjoyed him at the beginning with fun, and that's changed now. I literally said that. Come on, Matt. I Cody's the worst. Page not you. Is wrong most of the time, but Paige, he literally did just kind of rant about that. So I'm gonna have to back him up on this one. Usually, I like to fight him on things, but. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. Like, yeah, I I think. Uh, I think people need to find the the balance between competition and fun. Like I, people that take disc golf or any sport too seriously suck. Um, and it's it's nice to be competitive. Like if I'm playing with my buddy, I want to beat you, but I'm not gonna like be a d bag about it or anything. And that's well, what that's... like I'm not. I don't get that. I, maybe that's just like a whole personality thing where people are no matter what they do, they're like that because I've known people like that. But I want to beat you, but I don't like. I want to have fun while I'm doing it, and I don't want you to have fun while you're playing me and like joke around. So, and I will say, like now that I've been like dabbling in MPO, I have seen there's more of like looking at who gets favorable calls versus who doesn't. So, like I remember being like in a tournament where it's just like I didn't get a call that was kind of like you know I can make the argument for it, and if you lean on benefit of the player, I would get it. But because like I was like the odd man out, like I didn't get the call. I had to take it back, and it was like a weird like bogey. But I was just like, remember walking away like, oh, if I was a local pro, like, and I, I name dropped like a certain individual, or if I was Paul McBeth because I watched him on coverage get the same call in the same hole, and I was like, oh yeah, but because I'm not, I have to go back and freaking take this like, and I started to see like some of these like more like when money's on the line for MPO people being like. I expect the call in my favor and I'm going to call it against you. And that's kind of an ugly thing to start to see, especially like playing MA1. Like, yes, these strokes matter, but you have that dialogue of like, I remember like like two tournaments ago, me and the guy was like, you know what? If we're arguing about a millimeter, we're calling it in. And the guy was like trying to argue with us like, nope, two against one. We're moving on. It's in. Like, those are like legit conversations because it's like, oh yeah, like, but 
in MPO, I'm starting to see like people like really like, no, 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 this like matters because like the flag was like leaning like this. He was like, well, if you stand it up like this, it's out. But if it's like this, it's in. It's like, well, it's leaning like this. So it's in, you know, <laughs> like, but you start to like have that MA1 where you can kind of like, you know, it's benefit to the player and people aren't as serious. But MPO people are like, at least what I've seen is either like they're really loose with it or they're very like stingy. And also expecting everything to go their way. And it becomes like a big mess, which I mean, I brush up on the rules, but then you even get to the point to where like people are like very loose with the rules or very like to the T with how the rules written. There's no in between. <laughs> but what do you always say? It's not you versus other people. It's you versus the course. Yeah. That, that's my philosophy when I'm out there. Yeah, I do want to beat you, but if I'm getting beat by the course, there's nothing I can do. It's not like I can do anything actively to make your score worse. I can't like stand in front of you and block your shot. It's not like sports where what I do can have an outcome on what you do. Maybe mm -hmm. mentally I could see that point, but I'm trying to play my best against the course. I'm not I'm trying to beat you, but I can't do anything to change how you're playing. If you're playing hot, I can't change that. Yeah. I mean, you can, but, you know, because I've also seen people, like, take the mental game and mentally, like, try to derail yeah, somebody. Yeah, I mean, so the only part, yeah. You know, and I, I see that, but, yeah, like, for me, I'm, I take the same stance, right? Like, I want to see everybody succeed. When somebody throws a good shot, you know how hard it is to recreate that shot. I'm not going to fault you for throwing a good shot. You know what I mean? Like, and so, for me, it's all about, yeah, like, beating the course and who, who can beat the course, like, the best, you know? And it kind of just definitely ebbs and flows, but, yeah, like, is this becomes a whole different world with some of this transition that I'm starting to notice. But we can, I mean, transition to closing thoughts, guys. I mean, we're yeah. 657. So, Josh, we haven't really heard from you tonight. So, why don't you give us your closing thoughts? Closing thoughts. Um, all Halo and of a disc are consistently overstable. Consistently <laughs> overstable. Yeah, I'm in the background over here, like, making sure the the audio is right on everyone's mics. <clears throat> so I'm always like not paying attention half the time to make sure everything in the background is <laughs> going well. But I'm here. And I just appreciate being Producing. back. And uh, thanks, thanks again for Matt coming on and talking with us. It's been a good night. My, my pleasure. It's always fun getting to hang out with you guys and just uh, chat about stuff. It's not something I get to do very often. So Yeah, well, why don't you move into your closing thoughts, Matt? Oh man, um, closing thoughts. I am excited to keep throwing different plastic. Um, and not that my game is necessarily lacking, but you know, it's trying new stuff and finding something that just fits and you know makes you comfortable as well as you know throw well. It's just further upping your game. So I'm, I'm excited to try some of this thought space stuff. I've never thrown anything thought space. Um, and then mint is another one that uh, I've got a buddy who lives in Austin and he's friends with all the mint guys. <clears throat> and he's like, you got to try some of this stuff. So I was talking to, I think I was talking to Aaron about it. What's that one? Lone star, the Dillo. Try that oh, out. I've been back to go mid. Yeah. Uh, that's Lone Star. It's like a, you know, oh, it's Lone like Star's a more flexible Glowberg, honestly. 
Except if they go further than a Berg's. Like, I ripped mine today. Like, for a one speed, I'm blown by the basket a lot <laughs> with Armadillo. I like Armadillos, but they, they go, one. like, pretty far. They don't just, like, sit. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I mean, like I don't have any top. problems with my Berg. They're like no. a pig top instead of the Berg top. Yes. Oh, okay. it's like it's a, like a it goes from – it's got the thumb track, but it's not rounded. It's, like, a straight down, and it's a little less stable than a Berg. So that's probably like what's a, going a little bit farther. It's less stable. Looks but... like a birdie to me. Just off the yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Not as deep though. Mm-mm. Oh. And so So yeah. My close that's my closing thought. Awesome. Cool. Cody? Um trying to do a podcast with your wife out of town and a child awake is tough. But uh it it was fun being on here. I my closing thought is be a good card mate. Don't be uh, – you always hear, like, from people, like, I was on a card with this guy at a tournament, and it was the worst. Like, I, I played with a guy the other day that said he lost 10 strokes on purpose so he didn't have to be on that guy's card. <laughs> he, he would rather do worse at this tournament than be on that D-bag's card. So, like, to me, that's just crazy that you would do that, but also that that guy was so bad. So – if you're ever playing uh, competitively, be competitive. But you know, it's also cool to be like, "Hey, man, nice shot!" If someone does a nice shot, congratulate them. If if because I'd want someone to do it to me. Uh, if uh, someone makes a good putt, tell them nice putt. Like you don't you don't have to be uh, a terrible person to want to win. So be a good card mate. Be competitive. Want to win, but have fun while you're doing. It. We are playing a game, people. Can I squeeze in there to yes, paint off that? I played a tournament in July. MA2, MA2, I think is what I was playing. There was a uh, 15 or 16-year-old kid. His mom is caddying for him, walking around the whole course, and he just blows a fuse halfway through the the round. And he's like banging his head on trees, laying down on the ground, throwing a fit. His, like his mom, they're like hugging each other as he's like crybabying. And I'm like, that guy brought down my card, like effectively ruined the three other people who were playing time because of his attitude and just his overall state. Don't be that guy. I understand he's a kid, but dude, you got to have a better mental grasp on like at least hiding your emotions. And don't be that, that mom. That, oh, yeah. She was just, cu- like, coddling him the entire time. Oh. Like, come here, honey. Come here. And he's, like, got his head buried in her chest. He's, like, oh, up like, against the tree that. going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I'm, like, wow. I would take, like, the age out of it, too, because, like, I mean, it's easy to see, like, the 15, 16-year-olds that do that. But they're still, like, learning emotional regulation. or Yeah. And seeing, like, grown men do it. And I've been guilty, like, of, like, a few, like, my, like, frustration outbursts but you know seeing like some of these like, grown men do it that's where like i get like it gets like real cringy and realizing like oh yeah i better stop this pretty quickly um because i don't want to be that and it does take a long time because like a lot of a, like a lot of time like you don't have that which for me kind of leads to my closing thoughts where i think next week or the week after like we are planning to talk mental health stress management balance like to disc golf um that it was on our docket for tonight but our conversation took us elsewhere and you know us, we always kind of lean towards the flow of conversation versus against it. And so that is on our docket to like 
something if you guys are looking forward to next episodes like we want to dive into that we want to start to talk about like how do you start to find the balance in that because i think it's important right and i think everybody has their own tricks um and it's i mean it's not easy i mean i know some pros take adderall and that helps them <laughs> no I'm kidding. but like figuring out like that balance for everything so that's on our docket and that's definitely one of our goals um my big my big thing is kind of like emphasizing my point earlier monitor your game monitor your growth get out of your comfort zone don't be afraid to throw two or three shots don't be afraid to take out your longest like 10 year disc and try something new in that slot because you guys don't know what's out there and you don't know what's going to complement your game there's so much great plastic out there but with that comes a lot of subtleties and this differences so sometimes like you know if you're throwing like 69 miles per hour your arm speed sometimes there's going to be a disc that's more acclimated to exactly that than some of these other discs right and so making sure that you're given the opportunity to find that i think is important and allowing yourself to grow because if you step up to a hole and you birdie it 100 of the time awesome do that in a tournament but maybe use the opportunity to try something new next time you're out there because this is like when you're playing casual rounds it's still a practice round right I know not everybody lives for tournaments, but we all live for growth. And I think that's important to kind of monitor for yourself. So with that, guys, we're going to be here every Thursday from 6 to 7. Next week, I'll be in Santa Cruz, and I'm going to drag Tim out, and we're going to see his amazing vault. And he's going to be a guest on our show next Thursday. So if you guys know Tim, the Naz man, then you know he definitely has a vault worth cracking open and will be live for that as well we might do another live yeah he has an entire wall (laughs) might do another live in the bag trade you know just something like fun so look forward to us next week with that keep jamming it in the rough and thank you guys for tuning in